Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Seychelle Van Poole. I'm Sarah Reynolds. I'm Via Williams. And I'm Wendy Papazan. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is the ha- the one habit that's guaranteed to make you rich, which is tracking your net worth. So tracking your net worth is something that my husband and I have been doing for, gosh, almost almost 20 years now. And I can say unequivocally that that one habit has helped us build our wealth more than any other habit. So we're just going to get really tactical today. Uh, It's going to be a short episode and we're just going to teach you guys in 20 minutes how to track your net worth. I love it. So let's first start by defining what your net, net worth actually is. And it's super simple. It is all of your assets, which is everything you own, and you subtract your liabilities, which is everything you owe. So what you own minus what you owe equals your net worth. So why are we focusing on uh, net worth today? It is so, so important. And this has had a big impact on my life personally. But the big uh, reason for it is so much of our sort of world teaches you to focus on your income growing right? Yes. What's your income? What do you get paid a year? Things like that. That gets talked about pretty regularly. Also in in business building, so much talk is around revenue, right? How big of a business do you have? How much revenue are you bringing in? And so much of our world sort of revolves around those two things. Mm -hmm. But really the truth is, is your net worth is actually exactly what it says. That's your worth in terms of your financial worth is your assets minus your liabilities. It's not what your business did in revenue last year. Well, it's you're not so what right. you made, made last year, right? A thousand percent. And I, I realized, you know, when I, when I started tracking my net worth and understanding this on a deeper level, Sarah, that real wealth is actually built through your net worth, not through your income. Yes. And that sounds so basic, but I just was like, you know, if I'm making a lot of money, I'm rich. If I'm not making a lot of money, I'm poor. I think and that's common. I, I think yeah, a lot of people like think I wasn't that buying way. assets. Yeah, yeah. I didn't understand yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, well, think about that, uh, that story about. Uh, Ronald Reed. I don't know if you guys remember that story a few years ago. He's a American philanthropist, janitor, and gas station attendant who, yeah, when he died, yeah, yeah oh, when he yeah. died, he left $8 million to charity. And people were like, what? Did he win the lottery? What happened? Janitor. How did yeah. he have eight? How did this janitor, this gas station attendant, how did he die with $8 million? And the reality is, is he grew his net worth through uh, expense. Expense, you know, being thrifty with his expenses, mm-hmm. investing over the long term, and any of us, uh, any of us can do that. We just choose to spend our income versus invest our income. Yeah, yeah. I remember my very first uh, doll, dolls retreat. So that's our tribe of uh, amazing women that support one another. And um, I had a pretty big business then. I think my first one I was doing over 5 million in revenue. And I mean, that was my main focus. Yeah. All I focused on was the revenue of my business. And um, really, that's what I focused on. <laughs> I was like, and mm, the revenue of my business. No. Uh, and we, we did a net worth exercise where, mm-hmm. um, you know, Wendy went around and said, what's everyone's net worth? I had never calculated it before, but I, 
I had a pretty simple life. So I just was able to write down, okay, I have this much money, this much debt, right? Um, yeah. And that was the first time I ever calculated it um, and didn't focus on it at all. And I had no idea what I was missing. I, I was sitting in a room with, with, with women that um, had much smaller businesses than mine, mm-hmm. but had significantly higher net worths mm-hmm. because how they use the, their income uh, to build their net worth. And they were very purposeful about that. And I sent uh, Wendy a text message a couple weeks ago. We had our couples goal setting retreat and um, it has doubled or tripled. Um, no, quadrupled since that day, because I just started focusing on my net worth. So, well, um, you know what I remember about that, made for me. Yeah. We, that was when we were like, you need to buy a building. Yes. Remember that? We were yes, all like, you yes. need to buy a building. And that, I feel like that kind of started, like, I just remember that so clearly. And then all of a sudden, like, however long later, six months, a year later, we're like, oh, Sarah got a building. And, and it just, and then Sarah got something else. Sarah got something Fizbo. else. Yeah. It was the first sale by owner. It, it wasn't just that. I bought, like, five houses within, I was like, like Sarah bought something know, else. I, Sarah bought yes, something I, else. I, yeah. I, I execute, like, no one's business. So Wendy said, go buy some real estate. I'm like, yeah, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> and Sarah went and bought millions of yeah. real estate <laughs> with her stockpile of cash. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, and you well, you had, you had a great cash position. It was just putting it to good use. That's what we needed yeah. to do. Actually, yeah. we, should, we should sidebar really quick on that because inflation, was at 7% by the end of the year. So let's just super quick talk about hedging against inflation. If you have $100,000 in the bank right now, at 7%, it went down $7,000. Your $100,000 cash, cash is a depreciating asset. Mm -hmm. So those of you Mm -hmm. who are not putting your stockpiles of cash into an appreciating asset are not hedging against inflation. If you put it in an asset that only grew 7% last year, you broke even against yep. inflation. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, yeah. we we have all got to talk about that right now more than ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we don't yeah. know the future. Well, that. and I'd love to share my uh, net worth story. Uh, I When I started tracking my net worth, I did not have stockpiles of cash to spend on investments. <laughs> I didn't uh, have We were sort of... Well, you were in a good spot. You were in a good spot. Yeah. You were good. kind of did. Yeah. You were good. Yeah. 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 So our net worth journey started uh, when Jay was at Keller Williams and uh, it was his, his, like his first few months at KW. And Mo Anderson, who was the then CEO of the company, wanted everyone in the company to come and learn about how to read a balance sheet. So a balance sheet is something that's usually attached with your P&L and helps you know how much money and assets you've got. And, uh, you know, as luck would have it, Jay turned up to this class. It was supposed to be for everyone at the company, which at the time was maybe like 25, 30 people, and nobody else showed up. So Jay was there with Mo, aka the Velvet Hammer, uh, terrified, slightly terrified of taking this class from her one-on-one. And it turned out to be a personal coaching session. So a couple takeaways from that. First of all, I love that she taught the class. She didn't have to teach it, but um, I think it shows that if any if any of you out there are teaching, you need to remember that even if only one person shows up, it can be very impactful. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and then secondly, uh, she the conversation morphed into a conversation about how to track your personal balance sheet, which is your net worth statement. And for both of us. Neither of us had ever thought about it. Um, and so we came home and we did the same thing that you did, Sarah. We we mm-hmm. added up all of our assets, which at the time we were renting. So at the time it was a Toyota Tercel, 
uh, that we shared. We had one car and uh, Jay had some money in a 401k and and the rest of it was we had debt. I had school debt, um, not a lot of debt, but our net worth was about $2,100. And um, what's what's amazing about that is, is we weren't young. I mean, we were about, we were 30. And so I thought, gosh, mm. here we are. We, we've each been working 10 plus years and we've only got $2,100 to show for it. That's like a hundred bucks a year of, of each year of work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what's powerful about net worth is it actually makes you think about what have you accomplished with your work? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's why it's so important to, well, to track I that. I think that's such, I, I think probably a lot of you listening may resonate with that story. And I'll tell you, that's part of the reason why many of us chose real estate as our profession is because one of the fastest ways to grow your net worth is actually through the purchase and acquisition of real estate. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's a really rewarding journey when you get to get paid to also acquire real estate. And so many people are in the real estate sales business, but never actually acquire the real estate that they're selling. Um, and there's a huge missed opportunity there to do that. And so if we take a look just real quick, I want to just break down real fast on like how you track your net worth. Um, and so I'm just going to list some of these things off. So if you're creating a spreadsheet, you know, or a, however you do it, and we'll talk about actually where we track it. But let's talk about like what you track. So if we look at your assets, which is everything you own, some of the things you can go in and find are your savings accounts, your checking account, your stocks. If you have 401k, SEP IRAs, Roth IRAs, self-directed IRAs, any of those. Um, life insurance, um, both term and permanent or long-term care insurance. Um, and then any real estate that you might have. And then any other assets you might have. Sometimes those are businesses. Sometimes those are cars. Sometimes those are whatever. Um, so you can put all of those in your asset category. And then when you go down to your expenses, that's what you owe. So that can be credit card bills. That can be medical and dental bills. That could be education or um, college loans. Um, your mortgage balances, or if you own multiple properties, right, those are also your rental property balances as well. Um, property taxes and income tax that you owe, home equity loans, personal loans, car loans, um, and anything else that you might have out there that's outstanding that's considered a debt. And so what you're going to do is put all your assets together, put all your debts together, and then what you're going to do is take your assets and subtract them from your liabilities, and that's going to give you what your net worth is. And I will tell you the most important thing is not what the number is, it's that you figure out that you have a number. It doesn't matter if you're a million dollars in debt. It doesn't matter if you're $8 million in net worth. It does not make a difference. It's just the fact that you get a baseline and a starting point. Because if you don't know where you are, then you certainly don't know where you're going to go. And so I think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned from this journey was we, we started tracking our net worth really young, even when we had like two pennies to rub together. But one thing I didn't do was actually track our progress. Um, I would Mm. just update the same sheet every month, but never go back and like take a look at where it was. Mm. And so it's been kind of cool, even just in like, we haven't uh, made a ton of acquisitions in the last couple months, but even doing that, our net worth has increased several hundred thousand dollars over the last couple months. And I could actually go back and take a look at it because about 18 months ago, I just started tracking the progress on a monthly basis. And so sometimes it goes down a little bit, sometimes it goes up, but you can actually go back and see like realistically, since we started tracking it, wow, 
here's much it here's how much it's grown instead of just seeing the number rise and not seeing the progress. So if you haven't been tracking it, I would pass along that little tip to you because that's been a really rewarding thing that we didn't do for 20 years that we are doing now um, and is really awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a powerful thing to track and um, we recommend tracking um, monthly um, mm-hmm. and there's different sort of um, things that you can do. I, we use... We use a spreadsheet. We do have uh, one account that tracks it for us as well. But I like to, there's something for me about the joy of I like know. putting it all me in. Too. I don't know why. Yes. It's me too. Yeah, I'm the same. I like it excited. I'm like, ooh. I, know. I tried exactly. those programs yeah. and I like to do it manually too. I'm yeah. the same. Yeah. Yeah. Same. yeah. 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 Also, but if you're not like also, us, there, there's, yeah. there are some programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know Mint. Yep. Morgan Stanley yep. has something where Personal you can put capital. everything in. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Um, and then also just being being in a room where people talk about even tracking their net worth for me has made a big difference, right? Mm-hmm. I know that different, I know, Wendy, you have your Hot Millionaires Club and things like that. Um, but even mm-hmm. being around you guys has made me f- super focused on uh, tracking it monthly and being very consistent about looking at it, so. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, a lot of you guys know my story. And if you don't, um, we'll put it in the show notes. It's it's one of our Empire Builder episodes. Mm, um, Wendy made really me cry. But, um, <laughs> you know, in a nutshell, I started tracking my, I tracked my neck worth for the first time um, at the age of 48, about three years ago. And I was negative. So to your point, Wendy, that, that hit me in the gut. When you look at, you know, at 48 years old, I was in negative, everything I had done at that point, I was in negative net worth. I'm almost glad I didn't hear that until now, but you know, I mean, that that's tough. That's really tough to hear. So if that's stopping you guys, you got to start, don't let that stop you. Just you got, you know, it, it's like getting on the scale. <laughs> you just That's have right. to do it that first time. And, yeah. and I know your numbers. Yeah. I promise yeah. you it's not as bad as you think because Mm-mm. it's a, there's a relief to just knowing it. Others of you are excited about this. I'm just talking to the ones who aren't. And then now I'm I, I'm a seven-figure, uh, you know, net worth and growing. And my asset base seems to be growing That's every, called a millionaire. every month. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's called the net worth millionaire. Yeah, yeah. More, more than one now. Yeah. And so, Woo-hoo. you know... Um, I think that some important things that I've learned along this journey, because we had to remargin our life, and, and you can hear my story in more depth, but you know, we had to sell the house and make some really intense decisions. That meant I needed to not only include my spouse, I wanted to include my kids. I, I wanted yeah. appropriately. I wanted to get buy-in from my family. I had to get buy-in from my family. This had to be a family thing. Everyone had to understand what we were doing in order to mm-hmm. make it work. I don't get to unilaterally make these decisions for my family. That's just not a healthy environment, right? So, you know, um, we had to kind of um, make sure we were aligned in our net worth goal. And, and that might be something that you might want to think about with your spouse. You know, does one of you want to grow it aggressively? And the other one's like, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm happy, right? Mm-hmm. Working through that. Um, uh, Sarah and, and Wendy, I think, both share this, this um, formula. I've never done this formula, so I'll try it. But, mm-hmm. but a, a way to set a goal for your net worth is to multiply your annual expenses by 25. And that's, what, mm-hmm. that's where you set your mm-hmm. financial freedom number. So that, mm-hmm. that's great. I just took my annual... Um, expenses and and what I wanted to bring in um, and just, uh, I just calculated it in a different way, but I love that by 25. That's great. Mm-hmm. So that's um, super simple. Well, and yeah. and the and the and the and the, the the philosophy behind that is it's it's either called the 
25 multiple or the 4% rule. And some yeah, of you I guys know 4%, have, have heard yeah. it. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. the same, it's the same, it's the same math. Yeah. Okay. And what it is is so like, for instance, if you need $100,000 to live every year, um, you want to multiply that by 25, which is 2.5 million. And so that then becomes your goal, 2.5 million, because you can invest 2.5 million in the stock market and pull out 4% of that every year, which is in essence, your 100,000. And you can live on that 100,000 and that will maintain that 2.5 position there without drawing that 2.5 million down. So you can pull out 100,000 every year. Mm -hmm. So if you're just like, what am I working for? right? Why am I working so hard? I don't really know where I'm going. Um, then definitely just take a second and, and figure that out. And honestly, mm-hmm. guys, as you grow your empire, that number is going to grow. Um, or maybe it won't. And either way, it's fine. Um, but Can I ask a really quick question on this too? Because um, we were working on our Her Rich Life um, wealth series um, that Wendy and Tiffany wrote that's amazing. Um, and a question that I got asked that I thought was really helpful just in this ne- in this like wealth building journey, which is how do you define how much cash you keep in cash reserves so that you know what to invest over that? And that was, I, mm. I mean, I had a room of seven people. Every single one of them had that question and had not defined that. Have you guys defined that for yourselves so that you have clarity around what you invest? I would just be curious. Yeah. For, for me, it's it's four months of hard-lined operating expenses of each of our, uh, any of our businesses. And, and the mm-hmm. reason for that, some, I, I add more expenses in than a lot of people do because I add all of our lead gen right. expenses in because typically if something were to happen where I would need to dip into reserves, that means there's some type of market. Right something happening. And I want to take more market share during that time. I don't want to slow down. And so I don't want the fact that I don't have the financial means to be able to make that decision if I needed Mm -hmm. to. But after Mm -hmm. that, once I have that, then I invest. Now I try to get it out of, out of that and invest. Do you have, do you have a personal number that you work off as well on your personal expenses? I actually don't. We have, we have, I'll share our our story around it, but I would just love to hear, Via, do you have on the business or personal side anything that you do as well on that? On reserves? Mm-hmm. Four months. And, and you know, my, my comment about that is, you know, you can get deep into the definition of reserves. So here's a good example. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're acquiring a lot of property. We're looking at lines mm-hmm. of credit and different things. Right. They count 401k as reserves, for instance. Yep. I, I wouldn't. Right. So, um, so when I say four months, it's probably four months plus, yeah. um, because for me it's pretty liquid. I mean, I've got stock accounts that I that I include in that. Um, right. I, I, you know, I I wouldn't include an open line of credit in that because that's debt. Right. And yet I have that too on top of layered on top of it. So, um, for me, it's it's pretty pretty darn liquid um, that I want to see four months. Yes. Yeah. That's. I think that's awesome. That part of the reason why I asked that was. Like that was a huge in our wealth building journey. That was a huge um, like wedge in our marriage early on. Was I grew up where everything that our family made got spent, and so I had a huge um, insecurity around not having financial security and not having cash reserves because I felt like at any minute it all could go away. And so for the first several years of our marriage, I was just like the 
squirrel in the movie Ice Age where I was just like stockpiling acorns with no no purpose, no intentionality around it. I just felt like it, it could all go away. Like it could all be spent, you know, I just, there's never enough. And it drove Nick like bananas, like so crazy. And we, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I, I just wanted to share with you guys, we had, a, we had such a good like six month process of defining what our number was for cash reserves so that he was sleeping fine, but so that I could sleep at night. And yeah. it doesn't matter what the number is for how you define it for what works for your family um, or yourself um, or your business. But I think getting clarity around whatever that number is so that you can sleep at night for your business and so that you can sleep at night for your personal expenses, because more than likely, like Sarah said, if there is a market correction, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hit your business, which is also going to impact your take-home pay which will then imp- impact your personal expenses. And so, especially if you have rental properties and other assets, right, that require debt um, and you have to pay them down, having a healthy cash reserve so that you know if there's something crazy that happens, um, you're going to have a certain amount of time to recover and be okay. And then you just don't dip below that number in your business or personal life and then invest on top of that. I think that will um, that has saved us a lot of personal stress in our relationship. So I just wanted to pay it forward to you guys because that's helped us a ton in um, having just a healthier relationship with money in our marriage. So just yeah, passing I love that, that along. Seychelle. Yeah, and, and um, just to wrap here, guys, uh, thank you so much for such a good session. I will say that the purpose of tracking your net worth and the reason it's the one habit that's gonna make you richer is it's gonna spiral into these other conversations, especially if you're doing it with your spouse. Not everybody's gonna have a situation like Seychelle. Um, everybody has different levels of risk, yeah, but the important right. part is to have the conversation uh, with your partner. If you have one, have the conversation with yourself uh, and figure out what that really looks like for you. So yes. guys, this was a great little tactical episode. I'm so glad everyone could join us. We defined what net worth was. We uh, figured out why we need to focus on it. We went through how to track your net worth. Um, we discussed some way, ways to track your net worth. And uh, and then we had a nice really discussion at the end on, um, you know, What's our financial freedom number and how do we figure that out? So if you guys are at all interested in this, you should definitely check out um, Her Rich Life, which is a part of our herbestlife.com. You can actually go to www.networthclub.com to find out more information about that. So this is a huge part of building your empire. And so thank you guys so much for joining us. Go out, build a big business and an even bigger life. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.